Culture Map presents What's Eric Eating? From the Gal Media Studios in Houston, Texas, here's Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. Welcome to What's Eric Eating? Culture Map's weekly look at all things Houston bars and restaurants. I'm your host, Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. I have Sam Governale, Ben Berg, and Robert Del Grande from the Annie Cafe coming up in a little bit. But first, I'm joined by my co-host this week. She's the owner of Fluff Bake Bar in Midtown. Becky Masson, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm living the dream, Eric. <laughs> Good to see you. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me, as always. All right. Let us dive right into the news of the week. Topic number one, a restaurant that I know is near and dear to both of our hearts, Houston's. What has the? closed its location on Westheimer. I can only hope that what you mentioned in the article is true and they're just closing it to build a new one. So, I, I mean, so what I wrote is true. The Hillstone Restaurant Group has purchased the former Macaroni Grill property just down the street from the old one for, a re- like, presumably to open a restaurant in it. I, I actually heard from a Houston's representative, you know, they're, they're notoriously secretive. They're very hard to get a hold of, but I, I bugged their, a, a culture map reader tipped me off to this, right? Uh-huh. And then, and gave me a real estate contact. Okay. So I emailed the real estate contact, which prompted a phone call from Hillstone, which is the company that owns Houston's. So they would not comment about the purchase or what their plans are. And of course they have... Hillstone operates a number of restaurants that are not called Houston's, but that are very much like Houston's. Houston-like. Yeah. yeah. So whether it's a Houston's or whether it's a different Hillstone concept, it seems like they're not leaving the neighborhood. It's just, you know, they got into, in theory, uh, a lease situation where they didn't think the terms were as favorable and decided to pull the plug. Well, you know, we, good business people learn that. Yeah. <laughs> But I've yeah. been, I mean, I've been eating at that location for many, many years. And I remember, you know, it's the place I went the night of the September 11th attack ah. when we were all just like disoriented and like, what do you do? Yeah. And that's where we, because you can always go to Houston's and get a comforting meal. Comforting and, meal. and yeah. you know, sit in one of the, we sat in one of those big groups. We were like six or eight people. Yeah. And, you know, we were just, we were all like, holy shit, like what happens now? I don't know, but let's have a French dip. I wish I'd had that. I was just holed up in my little apartment on the Upper East Side. Like, yeah. Going, what the hell? Even worse. Yeah. Way, yeah. way scarier to be in New York than to be in Houston. But well, I could uh, have used a French dip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. Uh, the uh, the location on Kirby remains open, of course. And, and that's the one that's the one I've been to the most. Right. It's yeah. the Well, so I liked the one on Westheimer because when the one on like it was always a little, it, not that it wasn't busy, but it wasn't as busy as the one on Kirby. Mm-hmm. So spur of the moment, it might be a little easier to get in there on like a there, Friday yeah. or Saturday. Yeah. And now the one on Kirby is going to be Packed. crazy, pan- even busier than it already is. Can I make a reservation on Resi? You can actually. They are. Yes! On, yeah. I almost don't want to tell people that because I, oh. and, and well, but it's <laughs> literally my job to tell people that. So. <laughs> But yeah, it, it basically puts you on the waiting list. Like they might not have a table, an exact table for you, but you, you jump at least, the line. You jump the line. Yeah. yeah. That's, I like that. What do you get when you go to Houston's, by the way? 
Um, always the spinach artichoke dip, which my stepdad has found a copycat recipe. So whenever we do anything spinach artichoke dip at the bakery, it's the Houston's copycat recipe. Very nice. Yeah. And I love the French dip too. Like you said, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. The primary. They have chicken great. fingers, right? Do I remember okay. getting chicken tenders? Yes. So they're not on the menu, but you can order and they're tempura fried. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I've had that's that's my other's go to. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a twenty four dollar plate of chicken tenders. It's which huge is, though. It's it's satisfying. It's a sufficient portion, but it is an absurd amount of money to pay for chicken tenders. Yeah, but they're but good. I pay it anyway. I, yeah. They're the best chicken tenders. They're so good. That's right. the that's the thing I remember the most. But haven't yeah. I didn't know you could get it off the menu. Oh, I'm glad to know that now. Oh yeah. Oh, we're okay. just we're telling we're spilling all kinds of truths today. My life just changed <laughs> for the better. <laughs> all right, topic number two: Politan Row, the food hall coming to Rice Village that's affiliated with Saint Rock Market in New Orleans, announced three more restaurants. There will be Kin, a Thai restaurant from Evelyn Garcia, who is currently the chef-in-residence at Decatur Bar and Pop-Up Factory, Torsi, a Mediterranean concept, and Nice Sprout, a vegan-slash-vegetarian restaurant. They are joining Cochinita & Co., which is tacos and Mexican food, Breaking Bow, which is, you know, you know everybody's favorite David Chang knockoff, mm-hmm. Bow, you know, pork belly, and, and all sorts of other things in Bow Buns, and Susi, Kopi, and Boba, a coffee and soft serve ice cream concept from Eki and Nick and Probanto of Greenway Coffee fame. Love those girls. They're yeah. We're gonna we're we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about Eki in a, in a minute. But uh, when we get to your cherry bomb participation, yeah. but before that, um, what do you think? I mean, it it seems like Politan Row is coming together in in a really nice way. Well, I'm super excited for Evelyn. Like that's awesome. Like, yeah, having a little home that's not the full-blown i'm gonna open a restaurant um a couple of them are from different mark food halls that they already have so they're not houston right i thought so i thought that was interesting so torsi originally opened in new orleans right and, and then, then the guy who started it moved to houston with his family and is bringing it with him and then the vegan ones from miami right yeah so they worked so they both were so they both lived in Miami and they both worked at the St. Rock in Miami, uh-huh. but they worked for like one of them was a market like floor supervisor. And then one of them was an employee at that Politan road or that, that food halls vegan restaurant. Right. So they've created a new vegan restaurant and now they're moving to Houston to open it. I thought it was row. about the, local food community i didn't know it was let's bring somebody from miami let's bring somebody from i mean i know the guy moved here from new orleans and he's bringing it with him right but i mean yeah i was a little surprised too because i know they've been talking to a ton of local people and the first three that they announced were all local people yeah so yeah i was a little bit surprised by that i I feel like surely there must be time finding. I mean, I don't know. Right. Like if they wanted a Mediterranean concept, like surely there was a local doing Mediterranean. Yeah. Like they could have talked to my, my good friend Rafi Nasser at craft pita. There you go. And it's been like, you know, let's do a a craft pita Paulton. There's gotta be a sous chef or a 
yeah. really talented line cook in somebody's restaurant doing this kind of food. Right. Somebody somebody worked it. Somebody worked at one fifth Mediterranean and that, 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 that food. Thank you. Well, I was <laughs> hinting towards that, but I didn't, you know, or even like Nico Nico's or something like yeah. that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're are they not trying hard enough or do or do the is there not enough information out there for people to find out about it? Like, what's... I mean, I have heard from chefs who read Culture Map who have been interested in learning more about it, and mm-hmm. I have passed them passed it on on to the Paulton Row people. Yeah. So I and and I know that they've been here a number. Their culinary director has been here a number of times. Yes, she comes to Fluff Bake Bar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she asked me where to eat, so I've I've sent her all over the place. But I mean, I know. So they're 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 working pretty hard to find people, and and so I don't I don't know. It it is it is likely that Will Donaldson, who is the CEO of the company that's opening uh-huh. Paulton Row, uh, will be a guest on this podcast at some point. I've fingers crossed. We're I'm putting we're, it into the universe for you. Well, I'm trading emails with his publicist, so okay. I'm I'm hopeful. Yeah. And and so you know I. Because I want to ask these questions too. Like, how did you pick the people, and what kind of mix are you looking well, for? Well, I know that they were looking for people that weren't already established. That was an important part of it, right? But or an just, original concept from established people. You you just kind of broke that mold with bringing the guy from New Orleans and the people from Miami. They're established. They're well, established. sort of. Not in Houston, they're not. Well, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I guess there's, you know, you can break rules however you want. I mean, they're their rules. Them. They can do what they want. I know. I was just saying, however you write them. Uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. I'd like to see, I mean, what you got food trucks out there that could do something. You've got, um, like, yeah, that's what Breaking Bow was. Chefs. Yeah. Right. That's Line Cook Sous Chef is Cochinita and Co. because uh, Victoria Elizondo is Evelyn Sous Chef at Decatur Bar. Cool. And she worked for Hugo for a long time. So she really knows her stuff. And she's been doing pop-ups. Yeah. And then Breaking Bow was a food truck that's going to... So, yes, there are... Yes, they are They are finding those people, too. Um, but, yeah, this... this And, you know, Evelyn is someone who's been kind of on the scene for a long time. And has yeah. been... This is the next logical step for her. And presumably, eventually, she will open a Thai restaurant based on her experience at Decatur Bar and at Palatine Row. Exactly. Yes. Right. That's good. Good okay. for her. Go, <laughs> Evelyn. All right. Uh, topic number three. All right. I got a Twitter message that it's not kindy in Thai pronunciation. It's jindy. Huh? I don't know. I don't speak. I don't speak Thai. I'm not familiar with. So kin is with the way. Jin? Yeah. That okay. the that the but it's spelled it's spelled K I N. Okay. But it may be pronounced G I N. When I looked this up, a restaurant in Seattle came up, just so you know. Okay. Well, apparently, it's like a pretty common Thai phrase. Apparent, so, apparently, it means, like, eat well or good eats or... Yes. Right. So, you know, it's like the Japanese sushi restaurant in Greenway Plaza, Oishi, is the Japanese word for delicious. I love that word. So, there may be... Anyway, so, same idea. Yeah. Um, two Thai women, and, and here's where I get... I get in even bigger trouble with pronunciation. <laughs> Luka Yu Suwan and Miranda Liokhamfu. 
Anyway, you did uh, better than I would. Uh, yeah, ladies, I owe you both. Ladies, I, I owe you both an apology for however that went. Um, anyway, two Thai natives with a uh, background in cooking and hospitality are going to open a new Thai restaurant in the Heights. Um, it's big. On Shepherd at 15th, right near where the flower child is going. It's big. It's a pretty sizable, yeah, it's yeah. like 20, it's like 2,500, 3,000 square feet like with a patio. 77 seats inside. Yeah, and another 30 or 40 on the patio. That seems really big. No, it seems like kind of the right size. Oh. I mean, Riel is like, Riel is, like, <laughs> I mean, like. 65 seats. Well, and Nancy's Hustle's like 80, 85. Really? Nancy's Hustle's that big? I think so. Whoa. Okay, my. my... This, is where, this is where I get an email from. Nancy's from Hustle. Sean or Jason or Julia yeah. telling me I'm wrong, but yeah, I think it's like eighty eighty five. Wow. So okay. here, here was my first thought. Right, was that you know there's there's a lot of Thai restaurants that all kind of taste the same, mm-hmm. and there are you know people have their favorites, but I don't I don't personally think any of them really stand out. Uh huh. And then the Thai restaurant that really did stand out was Foreign Correspondence, and it it closed for reasons that didn't necessarily have to do with the quality of its food yeah yeah so the thought of two native thais making thai food in the heights is really appealing to me no it's exciting is it is it gonna be more like is it counter service or is it like actual full service like i feel like like if you look at like the success of success of louisville like that model like right that's doing really well I think that model in the Heights would be kind of amazing. Yeah, or Tarka, the Indian restaurant that's oh, yeah, counter yeah, I service. About that one. Yeah, I think yeah, and or even um, the Thai restaurant on Montrose Boulevard, whose name I'm not going to remember off the top of my head, but it's it's counter service, right? You yeah. just it it simplifies things a little bit. It does very much so. So um, and cuts your costs and all that. So yes, I. If it is that model, that would be fine with me. Uh-huh. Uh, if it's sit-down table service like Asia Market, then or Viang Thai, like that's okay too. I think that that you've seen like what they're doing in the twenties on Shepherd Durham, and now it's pushing into the teens. Uh-huh. Like, I'm a huge fan of that particular neighborhood. <laughs> I've heard that. Yes, there's a lot of there's a lot of exciting stuff happening. Right, you got the waterworks with. Hop Dottie and Verdine and uh, Junior Ramen just opened and Common Bond's coming soon. Who's going to take the Balls Out Burger spot, though? Uh, that has not, as of yet, been leased. Right, I know. Although, I I know, you know what, I will tell you off air who I heard was kicking tires on that space. Okay. But... You know, it's a cool. It's a cool lot. It's a cool. Yeah, I think it's a tricky location. If you're only going towards I ten, yes, right, you're good. Right, but yeah. I think it's a little bit. It, you just, I don't know. I mean, Balls Out Burger didn't fail because of its location. Balls Out no, Burger failed because its burgers weren't very good. Yes, true. But you know, North on Shepherd, not on Durham. You know, Heights Beer Garden, everything at Nineteenth, Connie Rosso, Super Rica, Lucha. Uh, Jenny's ice cream's coming. Right. Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream is coming down the street from there. Squabble's basically right there. Mellow Mushroom. Burger Joint's about to open. Oh, they've been working. And then that... Tequila just that opened. Bar, yeah, yeah. That tequila bar. Yeah. Man, they've been waiting on that burger joint for... 
they're building a parking lot apparently. Ah. And once the parking lot is done, then they can open. Yeah. Okay. It makes me sad. I'm like, oh my God, how much money are they spending every day? (laughs) (laughs) Poor things. I'm going to keep driving. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be open soon. Yeah. And with way more, like the problem with the Montrose one is it hardly has any parking. This one will have a lot of parking, which will be nice. Yeah, it's it's becoming a nice little Shepherd-Durham corridor. Right. And I think Thai food will be a nice addition to that mix. There's not really, I mean, there's Kasushi right there. It's Japanese. There's a there's that Vietnamese restaurant on, on 19th Street. I think it's called Vietnam. It's been there for a really long time. Yes. But there's like, there's no Thai food in that area, off, at least off the top of my head, that I can think of. I just think, what's the one on Cavalcade Asian Market? Yeah, so that's the closest one. Yeah. Yeah, there's street food, or it used to be Asia Market. Street food time market on Cavalcade is probably the closest one. And there's another, it may be called Asia Market, although it's not the same Asia Market people um, on North Main, like kind of near where Cantina Barba is. Yes. Okay. These are all things I drive on my way to work. You're refreshing my memory. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, the potential for like a really authentic, you know, approach to Thai food. Yes. That's very exciting to me. I like the positivity and the hopefulness in their quotes in your article. Yeah. I want them to dream big and do big. Yeah, I'm excited for them. Plus, you know, anything for the ladies. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. And then topic number four, Anthony Callio, your friend and mine. Yes. Is, he, has not, he has not been making pizza he left Pie Pizza, and he hasn't been making pizza. He's been the chef at Rudyard's, but he figured it's, it out. He's gonna he's putting his pizza oven at Rudyard's. I he's know. gonna start making pizza again. Is, did he like fulfill some like contractual obligation from leaving Pie Pizza, and it's up, and he's like, boom. I did not. I did not inquire. <laughs> they're just they're gonna move some stuff I'm around always, in the kitchen. I have like the warped mind. Yeah. I'm always thinking of your, like your the, conspiracy theory, Becky. Yeah. But I don't, my conspiracies kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I know, I saw him post a photo the other day. It's like tr- tr- doing math to figure out the pizza oven. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited for him because that's his love. That's like his thing. That's his baby. And he makes great pizza. He does make delicious pizza. And uh, yeah, so he's going to do kind of a normal, he calls it Houston style, kind of a his version of a New York style. Right. You know, regular round pizza. And then he's also going to do Detroit style, which he had been fooling around with at Pie. Well, at Pie, but also at New Potato when he was sort of popping up there after he left Pie. Okay. Oh no! So he's been making pizza. Yeah. He, so okay, my see, no, no you contractual just shot a hole in my conspiracy. No, con, no, no conspiracy theory. No contractual impediments. Just that there wasn't. It took he a while to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. How to put a pizza oven in the Redridge kitchen. Well, I'm really happy he's got a home that he's comfortable enough to move that baby in because I imagine it's pretty hard to get it in and out of somewhere. Yeah, I would think once you get it in, good luck getting it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, the Detroit pies he was making on the truck at New Potato were pretty good, especially considering the context in which he was making them. Uh So when he has like a consistent environment and he's not, crammed into the truck it should be it should be better yeah and he's talking a big game he wants to make he wants to make detroit style pizza that's as good as the one served at via 313 in austin okay which implies that it 
that he doesn't think very highly of another Houston pizzeria that makes Detroit-style pizza, their not pizza, far from Rudyard's. Uh, and their New York slice and their Detroit-style are damn good. I know. I I love the Detroit-style at, well, that place. Zara's. Yeah. <laughs> so, I you know, but... But that's fine. I mean, I I feel like I this. Can't imagine I, he hasn't had it. I'm sure he has. Yeah. But you know, he's got his he's got his own perspective, and frankly, I'm excited. Like, I I can eat two different. I can eat church style pizza from two different restaurants and be happy and be very happy. So diners are the winner here, and I like Anthony kind of hustling to prove himself again because that's when he's really at his best. It is. I love that. So is he going to honor the pie pizza tattoos? Uh, yes, yes. There will be a discount for... I don't have for, one, but I'm just you know, asking for that person who does. Right. So I asked him, and there's about 70 <gasps> people who have pie pizza tattoos. And the, even though he's not pie pizza anymore, he is going to honor some sort of discount for people who have it. That's good. Yeah. Wait, way to be a, a... He's a stand-up guy. Stand. There you go. That's what I needed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That does it for the news of the week. We'll be right back with our restaurant of the week. Stick around. You're listening to What's Eric Eating? Becky, for our restaurant of the week, I want to talk about Benji's in Rice Village. It is it, That restaurant has been open for 20 years, but it's really an all-new Benji's because they closed for a couple of days to remodel the interior, and they have an all-new menu from Chef Mike... Potoski and Seth Siegel Gardner, formerly of the Pass and Provisions. I mean, this, this was your idea to go to Benji's. Well, it it was Seth's fault because he posted a photo of the bone broth with Blood Brothers barbecue. Yeah, brisket dumplings. Brisket dumplings, and you and I talked about going to any cafe, which I still would like to do. Uh, but I was like, um, I need this in my life. And it was perfect because it was cold that day. So yeah. it was like meant to be. So what did you think? I really enjoyed my meal there. Um, I I love the new decor, the updated decor. It's really classy. You know me, I'm a classy gal. Um, it's, it still seems familiar, but it's a little nice. But yet I was fine going in like jeans or whatever. Um, the menu's <laughs> I think I mentioned this to you. I really like a placemat menu because it kills two birds with one stone. It's my placemat and it's a menu. And then when I'm sitting there eating, as you and I did, I can look back and go, ooh, what's that piece? Ooh, what's that? And it's on the menu right there. Right. It doesn't list everything. The The placemat menu does not list every ingredient of it, every dish. Yeah, but which it's... Is, right. So I'm we got sure. surprises like, it was was it apple and the Brussels sprouts? It was apple. Some there was. It was sliced. apple somewhere. Yeah. Was it the Brussels? I can't remember. There was apple somewhere. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. But um, man, that carrot dish. Like I'm still like I'm still dreaming of the roasted carrots. The that roasted carrots were so tasty. Were very tasty. The Brussels were really good. The poke the, was good. Yep, the poke was good. The um, yeah, the carrots were high. I think I, I, mean, I stole. I think I like hoarded the carrots away from you. I was like, mm, I'm going to eat all this. <laughs> Sorry, did you get a bite? Because that's all you're getting. Yeah, no, I got a. You were you were generous. I I got a couple of carrots before you Inhale. you claimed it for yourself. <laughs> we also had the we also had the pork belly entree. Oh, the with pork the lettuce belly wrap. That was super good. Yeah, super like just rich and fatty, but well rendered. Like I hate. 
chewy, like I don't yeah, like chewy, chewy unrendered pork belly. No, that one was like perfect. Um, and then I took the leftovers home to Mr. Wilson, and he thoroughly enjoyed them for lunch the next day. Oh, good. Yeah. And um, those, and those, I mean, those Blood Brothers brisket dumplings. I'm so sad we didn't realize we had more broth until it was too late. <laughs> right. We, you were like, oh, there's, I wish we had more broth without either one of us noticing the little pitcher of broth, pitcher of broth like sitting right next to the bowl with the dumplings in it. Yeah. Um, but it is. It's a, it's a really satisfying beef broth. It's tasty. And I the can't dumplings, like the pasta on the dumplings is like pretty thin. I, I mean, I guess I would call them sort of tortellini if I were ascribing an Italian. Yeah. Yeah. They, it wasn't hard to eat them. They weren't like chewy dumplings. No. You just, you could take half of, you could eat half of it and not take all the filling with it. Right. So you yeah. bite it in half. Usually you get all the filling, then you're left with dough. Um, and then we have that, um, the pasta, which I'll let you pronounce. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't have the exact. It was uh, ariabate. It was, uh, but I don't remember what the shape was. It but, looked like a mushroom. Oh right, it, but they were you know house made house made pasta in a spicy sauce with these little fried eggplant nuggets in it which that we, were like umami little umami bombs, which I'm yeah. all about. That was a good. That that was probably my least favorite of everything we ate, but you really liked. But I didn't not like it. Right, it wasn't bad. It was just that some of the other you liked some of the other stuff. More. Yeah, I like flavorful things. Like I like the carrots had like three different flavors going on. The yeah, and a Brussels. lot of like textural components, which yeah. I think is kind of a hallmark of Seth's cooking. Yeah. So I'm so happy that even though Seth is not here, I miss uh, you dearly, buddy. Uh, I can have his food. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and and this is the kind of like I I guess I had. I don't know that I'd ever really been a Benji's fan and I certainly hadn't yeah. eaten there in a long time. Yeah. This is I think true. this is kind of the kick in the butt it needed. I do. I think this will help like Mike kind of like he was like, yeah, we've got it. Now we're teaching the staff and we're getting it going. And like you could see kind of a new energy in Mike. Yeah. Like the excitement behind it. So yeah. I think that'll just kind of fuel fuel the fire and maybe, um, you know, the regulars will have a hard time getting a table. <laughs> <laughs> So you'll go back. Definitely. Me too. Me too. All right. And then before you get out of here, I did want to ask you about Radio Cherry Bomb, the national podcast. You recorded an episode at Nancy's Hustle last week with a whole bunch of people, including Alba Huerta from Julep, uh, Eki Probanto from Greenway Coffee, Julia Doran from Nancy's Hustle. A couple of women who work at Finca Tres Robles, the urban farm on the East End. Which are now my new friends and I didn't know existed. How did I not know this existed? I'm so, yeah, I need to get out more. You do? Yeah. I feel like I'm, am I missing someone? Anita. Oh, Anita Jessinghani from Punk Cherry. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It was, they're doing a national podcast tour going around to cities and um, just kind of pulling some women from each city to kind of chit chat and talk about, the whole name of the tour is Food for Thought. Um, my little section was more business food for thought, um, just because, you know, what you go through on a daily basis as a, not only a small business owner, but a female small business owner. Yeah, you, you've you written about this before, that, that people sort of expect, especially some a baker, yes, to be sort of like a... Betty Crocker. Yeah, and that ain't you, as anyone who listens to the show regularly knows. And it, it really like your, the way you present yourself 
really doesn't have anything to do with whether or not the food tastes good and is exactly. a, and is a good value. Yeah. But people just sort of expect you to be like all smiley. Yeah. And you're. I'm cra- working. I'm crabby. Yeah. <laughs> and and no, you're working. No, I'm working. I'm. I mean, I'm at the bakery at least ten hours a day, six days a week. Sometimes I get to leave a little early. But I am a factor in production and customer service and all of these things. I have a small staff, but I have a small staff so that I can give them maximum amount of hours and pay them the best that I can pay them. Because I could hire more people, but then I'd have to pay everybody less. And I don't want to do that. So um, I'm there. I'm making stuff. So, yeah, I got my work face on. It's not a bitch face. It's a work face. And, yes, I've considered Botox. But... I'm afraid of needles, so that doesn't work. So it's not that I don't want you to be there and come in the bakery and buy things. I just don't want you to be a dick about it. Like, if we say you can't have a cake today because it's a 24-hour notice, I'm not being a dick, but i got to make the cake. Right, the cake takes a certain amount of time to make. Yeah, so I'm not being a jerk. You want to sell them cake. I want to sell you cake, but I need you to call me the day before you need the cake, not an hour before you need the cake. Right, you're not you're not H E B. No, these these takes cake take time to craft. And you know, I and want, you don't want to be stuck with the cake you can't sell. Oh, that's yeah, that's that yeah, that hurts businesses even more. And when I was you know in a commissary, it was it hurt even worse than it you know now. I can I have a better percentage of selling it, but it's you know I just people need to understand that I'm human. My staff is human. We have crappy days. We have great days. We still come to work every day and we make couch potato cookies and ruka salt cakes because we know you want them. And they're delicious. And they're delicious. And salt and they're not salt as, crusted. Yeah, salt crusted. <laughs> they, are, they are salty. I mean, not overly salty. Star-crossed lover, my personal. Oh, favorite. yes. So, I mean, I'll wave now to people, but I don't really come out and talk to people anymore because people don't get me. Right. And I'm sorry that I'm... I'm I'm not being an asshole. I really am a nice person, and I have a good heart. Sometimes I'm just busy working, so I'd rather just keep my head down and work. Right. So you talked about that. Alba talked about the recent uh, controversy in the cocktail world. Julia talked about the legacy that they're passing on to the cooks that that they're training at Nancy's Hustle to be the next generation of chefs and restaurateurs. Eki talked about being excited for coffee. what's to come and coffee and, and the, the ladies from the farm talked about the importance of knowing where your food comes from and supporting local farms through CSAs. Anyway, should be a really interesting episode to listen to. I think it will be great. Even if the host, Carrie Williamson? Uh, no. Uh, it's on the end of my tongue. I can't remember. Eric Sandler, you cannot take that personally. That yeah, was she, not directed she, towards she you. She took a couple shots at, at media biases and representation, and I did. I took it a little bit personally. I may have freaked out on Julia a little bit. Julia, hey. this is this is your public apology for that. Um, I think out of, I'm going to say, most of the food media in Houston, you're, you have a, a couple good eggs in Houston, right? But for the most of the food media in Houston, it's I'm going to step over you as hard as I can to get the news out. Whether and, and then they tend to kind of favor those chefs and that are stars in the media. And unfortunately, most of them, I mean, not unfortunately, but 
most of them are male. So, like, like me not knowing these two wonderful ladies at the farm. Like, I never heard of them, and I get a lot of information reading media. Like, you and a couple of your other peers, I, colleagues, peers, yeah, there you go, are very good about spreading the love of no matter gender, race, any of those things. Like, you're writing about what's good. It it doesn't, you don't care who makes it. No, I try not to. And I, I mean, I, I certainly have my favorites. You can, you can sort of tell if you follow me on Instagram or who gets written about over and over again. I, I certainly have places that I think are better and worse, but I do try to, and I, I do try to use the show to offer a platform to a diverse range of people. I mean, I think all, and that's one all of your co-hosts is female. Yeah. Although right. sometimes Matt Harris could be, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Love you, Matt Harris. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I no. don't think you, I get it though. I get when somebody, cause I take a lot of things personally. And so I understand where you're coming from and why you took it personally. I, as a female pastry chef in Houston, don't think you should take that personally. I yeah. don't think that was directed at you. No. I, well, no. I mean, I, I think it was more about New York food media. Very much. National. It was more national, national media, but yeah, I did. I took, I took a couple of her, uh, I did take a couple of her. Uh, comments uh, a little bit personally, but you know, that's, that's, that's my own, that's my own. Uh, that's your own take on it. And I fully understand why. Carrie Diamond. Thank yes. you. I fully understand why you took it personally. Cause I take things personally as if, you know, Alba took, Alba, Alba take, took that guy's comment really personally which she should have that was a shit comment well it was it was a shit but like but he's an 80 year old german <laughs> right it's hard to take it's just hard to take someone like that seriously meanwhile alba's been on the cover of texas monthly and owns a really successful bar and has her hands in all these other projects so like like i don't know i i'm not going to tell someone else what to be or not be offended by right but if you just if you like if you're alba and you take like a step back and look at the sweep of your career like that some moron I think she was looking at female bar owners as a whole. Yeah, and not she just was, herself. And she was looking at this guy's legacy because if he's being, he's being venerated gone. by another publication, and then what does that say about the people he's trained and what kind yeah. of biases they could be bringing to their own businesses? And and so yes, you have to actively fight against. It was just like Carrie brought up the Marco Pierre White comment that women don't can't, aren't strong enough to be in a kitchen. Right, and he's like the biggest crybaby. Hi, I'm going to throw a 50-pound bag of flour at you because I can lift it. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I, I can only guarantee, I can lift 30-pound bags of dog food. I don't know about a 50-pound bag of flour. It's heavy. Yeah. But I can lift it. Okay. Yeah. So there you go, Marco Pierre White. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I look forward to that episode of... I, it was it was interesting to watch that episode be recorded. It was mm -hmm. really fun to watch. I felt like I just vomited words. It was it was really fun to listen to Carrie Diamond host. She's an excellent She's like great. in terms of her ability to like ask follow up questions and and get people to be more open. I thought that was all really good. So it should be a really interesting episode to listen to. And it was, I just I guess I just thought it was funny when she like she specifically there were I don't know there were like maybe. 70, 80 people there to watch the taping, 50, 50, 60, 70, yeah, right? Yeah, I think like 50, 60, yeah. Yeah, okay. There were like six men. And there were, yeah, and so she was like, thank you men for showing us like, well, I mean, I know all these women. Like most of them had been, most of y'all yes. have been on the on this show at one point or another. I interact with you professionally. Like, 
she of course I was. But she doesn't know that. But that's that. why she doesn't know that. Because yeah. I guess in other cities, it's not like that. Or Yeah. No, I, I can imagine. Like, Cherry Bomb is very much a primarily woman-followed yeah. uh, publication. Yeah, I was not familiar with it, but I'm, I'm glad that I had that experience. Yeah, it's really pretty. It's great to read, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Back. Oh, wait, what's your next? What's this week's uh, Saturday morning? Oh, yeah. We got Leonard from Truth Barbecue. Ooh. You better get there early. Yeah, that's going to, there'll be a line and it'll sell out fast. Exactly. I mean, we've been, we've been getting his briskets to make tacos. And finally this week, he just said, can I just come do it? And I went, um, yes, I was afraid to ask. And so. Yeah, Leonard's terrific. Yeah, Leonard's amazeballs. All right. And then November 14th. Jenny's ice cream's doing a pop up, but we'll know more Ooh. later. Yeah, you'll be on the show before that. Yeah, but I just thought I'd, you know, save the date. I'm, I'm putting it in my calendar right now. I'm so excited. All right, Becky, thanks for being here. Thanks as always. All right, and I will be right back with Sam Governale, Ben Berg, and Robert Del Grande. You're listening to What's Eric Eating. I'm joined this week by Sam Governale, Ben Berg, and Robert Del Grande from the Annie Cafe. Gentlemen, I'm going to introduce each of you individually so that people can hear your voices. Sam, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Ben, welcome back. Thank you. Robert, how are you? I'm fine and glad to be back. I'm glad you're here too. Sam, let me start with you just because you, you're kind of filling two roles. You're still the proprietor of Emmeline. Correct. And you're also the operating partner for the Annie Cafe. That is correct. So let's just let's start with Emmeline for just a minute. Sure. I mean, you you came on the show with your chef at the time before the restaurant opened, and you had kind of one vision for what you wanted that place to be. But then I think so often in restaurants, you 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 may or may not have a vision and then your customers kind of tell you what you are. Absolutely. You gotta you gotta shake and move and adjust. So what did you so what was different maybe about the way diners are using MLI than kind of what you expected? Um, I think that uh, I think that I mean they really drove what we sort of moved the menu to, which was um, we always wanted it to be super accessible, kind of all day dining. Um, so it's still it still lives up to that. Um, but but you know we we raised the stakes a little bit. I think people use it more for um, they do use it more for special occasions, but it's it's so popular at lunch and at brunch that it still maintains that sort of casual, you know, mellow vibe. That I mean, is it's, what I wanted. It's too pretty not to be like a date night birthday spot. True. At night, it it lights up and it it sends that. So, what are you? So, kind of food wise, kind of where are you? Um, I think we're just a little bit more refined. You know, we went into more steaks and chops and. Um, our seafood uh, offerings are more extensive now. We added some more pastas as well. We, we just responded to what people were liking and what, what people were asking for. Um, and, uh, you know, we made it less complicated, um, but we still have nice composed dishes. Um, originally, we had just the wood grill that was just any protein on a, on a plate with a side. And we sort of took that and evolved that into more composed items. So. Yeah, and then... Or I mean, chef-driven. Right. And then you have some, some raw dishes. You you have some kind of snacky, shareable stuff. Yeah. The, I mean, the raw we expanded the raw bar, too. So we have crudos and tartars and, uh, you know, fresh oysters and, and whatnot. So 
it's just it's it's got a lot of uh, versatility, and you can go in and you know go all out, or you can go in and just snack and share, and that's kind of the that's the grazing sort of mentality that I love about restaurants. Yeah. So how are people liking the changes? I think they love it. The the, the menu's uh, gotten great reviews. It's it's been uh, very well received, and you know it was it was just time to time to reassess and and. And redesign, and it was it was it was very well done, and I'm I'm proud of it. Good. Yeah. All right. So then, so then, how did? So I I don't know, Ben. I don't know if this is maybe. So how did you approach Sam, knowing that he owns another restaurant? About I want I want you to be involved with with any cafe. Um, I don't know. I had an idea in my head that Sam would brigade at the Annie, and I kind of start putting stuff in people's ears. And I don't really quit until I kind of get what I want in a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and push and push and push. But I've known Sam for a, a, a long time now, now being in Houston. And, you know, he came to me when he was opening up Line, And I gave advice and tried to help out and stuff like that. And I really have always wanted to work with him in some fashion. So I figured, let's give it a shot and try to get him over here. And that's really what I did. I just annoyed him about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then figured, come on, we can work something out where, you know, you're still a face over at Emmeline. But uh, start with, let's start doing more things together in Houston. Yeah. It was, it was fun. It was, I always had a dream to sort of redo the Annie or Cafe Annie just because it was such a special place for me as a kid growing up with my family. You know, it was it's it's an iconic restaurant that has to be here, and and it's so cool to 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 reimagine it. And with this team, it's like it's all star. And he's such a great dresser that <laughs> yeah, he just lights up the whole dining. Room. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Right. So yeah, Robert, let me let me bring you in on this. I mean, when how did how did this come together with with Ben kind of taking over the operational side and you you staying in the kitchen? You know, it's a, it's quite a convoluted story along the way. It just was sort of making up as it went along, I think. You know, I think for us, you know, Cafe Annie had 38 years, um, which is pretty good because I only wanted to do it for three months uh, back in 1981. <laughs> so I thought, well, that's, you know, pretty good. And But, you know, I started counting the years thinking that – and I think to what, you know, Sam says is like, wow, you, you want this to go on forever, but you're not the one who's going to do it forever because – there are some restrictions in space time, so to speak, you know. And so with uh, Med Ben, I knew Sam as well. I said, hey, this could be a cool strategic partnership to say, hey, we can keep it going. And then what do we say? 38 years? Yeah, 38 more, you yeah. know. Uh, because you always uh, – in fact, I saw Ben once in New Orleans. And remember that? We were there. It was like mm-hmm. some of these restaurants are like 100 years old. Oh, said, we were in Galatoire's yeah. when we were yeah. in Galatoire's. Yeah, and I said, I bet you the people that open it still aren't running it. At 100 years. No, I would think not. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you kind of, you're in awe of that saying, wow, you know, it's more than just the initial people or the building or the vision of it. It changes, it adapts to the times. And that's what I was just sort of interested in. Right. I mean, you're, you understand that maybe as well as anybody. You're on your third physical location. This is, you know, you, you started as Cafe Annie. You were RDG Bar Annie for a little while. You went back to Cafe Annie and now you're the Annie Cafe. So, like, what is the, I guess, from your perspective, like, what are the things about, what is, what does Annie Cafe have in common with Cafe Annie and maybe kind of what's, what's new? 
You know, I think, you know, it's uh, that when we moved Cafe Annie and it was RDG because the feeling is that it changed, that I had sort of underestimated the the public, how much they were attached to it, you know, that it had to be called had to be called Cafe Annie because of all those years, all that sort of history. You know, I said, you know, it's just a name, you know, I said, but no, 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 it's not just a name. It's more than that. I said, okay, fine. So we kind of went along with that. And this one I think is just another, but it's been evolving the whole time. I mean, we started doing French food way back in the eighties, kind of Nouvelle cuisine stuff. And then we, then we said, we can't beat the French, so we'll play our own game. So the Texas thing sort of started and it's always been evolving along that way. And I think the thing that's been, that still has remained the same, I think will remain the same, is you buy really good stuff and you try not to ruin it. I mean, that's in the end kind of the heart of really good cooking. We were, you know, a couple dishes, just Saturday and I were doing things like lobster cocktail. It's just like unbelievable. I said, it's just so simple and like, well, it can't be any better than that. King crab roast in the oven coming out, like kind of primal, you know, but just very direct. And I love that sort of part. So it, uh, uh, when you're talking about being approachable, I said it's, it's just not about being fussy and fancy. It's just really good stuff, and you interact with it directly. So I think that's still sort of the driving force behind the behind the kitchen. But I mean, Ben, it looks totally different. Mm-hmm. So I mean, why don't you kind of talk about all of the changes you made to the space? I mean, it's like I mean, I've got a friend who's a contractor. I'm like, oh yeah, they moved the they moved the stairs. He's like, that's bonkers. Nobody does that. Well, I mean, to, you know, for us to come in and do this, in my mind, we had to, you know, is a, a fresh start with the space and really brighten it up. Um, and then, you know, you, you listen as, you know, Sam was talking about how their menu uh, came about. You listen to what people said, like maybe maybe things they would have liked differently with Andy, you know. Number one thing was bathrooms upstairs. <laughs> How do we get bathrooms upstairs? Number two was the space downstairs from, let's say, from like a tenant's perspective. I look at square footage. I felt that the way the stairs were, it was wasting square footage space. Um, and the entrance, you know, it was tricky to get to the elevator if you weren't, if you didn't know it, know it. So, you know, just moving the stairs over, putting them in line with the elevator was just efficient and made sense i feel um and then you know there's there's a reason we kept the word cafe and then we did add bar and uh it's a cafe and a bar you know we put that huge bar which i'm biased but i think it's the most beautiful bar in the whole city of houston uh it but is. I'll, I'll read. Yeah. I'll, I'll I mean there's not a bar everything. like that big oval grand yeah, gorgeous bright you, you know and right, right in the especially middle. in a restaurant. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's there are there are restaurants with really lively bar scenes, right? But not not on that scale, right? Yeah, that's like a bar room in and of yeah. itself. Um, but it's also trying to get to that point of casual. You know, this is not a celebration place. You can come celebrate, please, but we don't just want birthdays. We just don't want anniversaries. We want you to come. I mean, hell. Even though last night didn't work out for me, you know, people are coming to sit at the bar and watch a game and order food. <laughs> yeah, I wish you nothing but the worst of luck. To the, to the <laughs> I, I can't, you know, we're recording this on Monday. We'll, we'll see what happens. 
Wednesday with Cole on the bump for the Astros, but you know. Well, at least we like kind of brought the series. You know, the home field is kind of gone now. We yeah. passed each other on the escalator, and he we we didn't have many favorable words for one another. <laughs> 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 no, but it's amazing. People were reserving Saturday night. Can I get a table in the bar to watch a game? Right. Mm-hmm. Which That's for not important. being a sports bar, like is right. pretty great, right? It's great. Yeah, because I was at a, a nice restaurant Saturday night at eight thirty, and they were like half full because all anybody wants to do is watch the game. Yeah, you see, I was right. He tried to make me feel better last night. Texted me at like twelve forty five in the morning. Don't be mad. It's good for business. First of all, it's not that great. <laughs> no, the, the team success is very exciting for the city and very tough on yes. restaurants because people are watching the game instead of going out to eat. Correct. I just figured with all the New Yorkers coming to town, they, there's only one guy they want to see in a restaurant, and that's you. Yeah, but we're going to sweep it at home, so man, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, the ser- no, Garrett Cole's going to win on Wednesday. He may the win. The series is definitely coming back to Houston. For one game. <laughs> uh, but, but no, no. I mean, just the bar, the bathrooms. I really want to brighten it up. Yeah, and you redid the patio, too. Yeah, we tried to give the patio. I mean, I felt, too, that was probably one of the best patios in the city, it's face in a way because it has so much going for it. It's facing east. You never have to worry about that west sun, um, even though there is a tad of a breeze that comes through sometimes. But sometimes it's really pleasant. Um, as long as you know they figure out post oak one of these days, you know it's a nice view. You're looking out. It's pretty. You have some nice buildings, and it's wide open. And to give it a little something more, you know, to elevate the outside, gives it a tad bit of drama, and really kind of attaches the patio more to the bar, which, again, I feel kind of adds to a more casual experience environment. Yeah, I I mean, I had dinner there a couple of weeks ago, and and I, you could all kind of see it coming together. There was a, there was a, group of people in the bar having drinks you had some sort of private party going on on the patio and then like half the bold-faced names in the society section all decided to have dinner at the restaurant that that night so you like you were working the floor sam was working the floor robert was coming out and saying hi to people i mean it's it feels like it's kind of coming together already oh yeah i mean one day i'll I'll get this whole restaurant thing right but (laughs) It seems to be going pretty well. I, I, I think, like, for this opening, in a lot of ways, we're, like, light years in front of where we have been before. Yeah, and I think I think the tribute to the Annie staff, I mean, we inherited and been welcomed into a culture and, a you know, a group of people that have been there for years. They love that restaurant. They, I mean, some of them have worked there for more than 30 years. Yeah, and not, I'm not talking about one person. I'm talking about a handful, several so, I mean, we inherited this amazing staff that has this calm and confidence about what the Annie is and what they've, you know, taken from it over the years. And, I mean, there's nothing better than that. That's what the restaurant world's all about. Yeah, Robert, how do you feel about the physical changes and, and the, how the place looks now? No, I love it because I always like that sense of evolution and change and look and, and to kind of keep it moving more now than ever that um, it uh, – you're always continually updating. I think society's changing faster than it ever has, you know, and um, that it's it's a little, you know, we get sort of caught in that, 
oh, I, I've seen that. I've done that. Let's move on. To Everybody has to keep moving all the time. So I think it's real important to have the space kind of cool, interesting look. And, I mean, it all works fine. It's all coming together. The staff, you know, the key to great restaurant operations is the staff can read each other's mind. That takes a little while before you can get that telepathic thing working. First week, we just bumped into each other all week, you know, <laughs> and then once we got, you know, I used the bump-in factor. I, know, I got bumped into about 50 times tonight, and last night only 20 times, so hey, we're right. getting better. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, so we're getting, getting better. That, yeah. that ballet yeah. going. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd get home and say, man, am I sore? Because, <laughs> yeah, then all of a sudden, no one bumps into you at all, and everything is, Less you know, sudden movements. Yeah, <laughs> but that's just a, that's just a emergent teamwork thing that sort of people just get in the groove and find the slot. Then it goes well. Yeah, Ben, I mean, you have restaurants that are, you know, you have a steakhouse, you have Bibi Italia, which is Italian, you have Bibi Lemon, which is, you know, kind of casual, East Coasty. I mean, they're 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 sort of defined by their cuisine rather than by who the chef is. Right. So what's the what's the balance for you with Annie Cafe where you have a restaurant that's got a really well known chef who's a big part of why people eat there versus like kind of creating that concept that's more approachable? Well, I mean, I think it, it – well, there's two things. One, I mean, I, I would say for me, this restaurant is my first – because Italian doesn't really count. It's the first, like, composed dish restaurant, composed plate restaurant I've done. I mean, steakhouse is steakhouse, right? Buy the best steak, dry age, or throw it out there, cook it right. Yeah, in a cool it, environment. Serve it, serve it, serve it yeah. medium rare and yeah. great service. Give people what they want, you know. Um, sell an ego thing, but th- this is different because you know one Robert is is I mean he's he's iconic in Houston as a chef, um, but his whole approach, you know, how do you say this? Was a lot of you know weight off my shoulders that I'm just like okay. We got this over here, you know, like, let me make sure people like the way this place looks. Let, 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 let's work, you know, stuff like that. I say, Sam, you're definitely in charge of the uniforms. You um, know, yeah. and- we're going to give him the that, that side. I think he picked out amazing shoes that I never would have picked out. You know? <laughs> uh, I just never would have gone there. But having that comfort level, especially with his staff, I mean, we assumed like almost all the Annie staff members that wanted to work into all of our other restaurants, make sure they all had a job. And knowing that they're coming back and knowing that they already have that respect and they already know how to work with Robert, with each other, that's a huge, you know, relief and weight off your shoulders. Um, But two, it's like, I don't know, in a way, it's kind of easy. Um, This guy knows what he's doing. It's not like, you know, we're shaking hands, we're meeting, I heard all this great stuff. But I don't really know if he knows how to run a kitchen. I mean, when you do it for 38 years and you have all these, I mean, you know what you're doing. Right. You know? Yeah, and I think for me, you know, when you talk about being a chef, that I think the uh, one of the great skills is to be able to execute somebody else's idea really well, not just your own, you know, because sometimes it's all about my idea. But I like to hear Ben had an idea. I said, let me think through that one. And then it's, it gets interesting. The whole, everyone has input, you know, into it. And just, uh, and I, I guess I don't, um, I don't understand some of the chef stuff, you know, but the, one of the waiters came. She was real nice, and she was just kind of like shaking and just nervous in her eyes. And she asked me a question about, can she modify a dish? I said, well, of course you can. Not a problem. Just tell me what you want. Then after I said, um, 
did, did that dish come out okay the way you wanted it? You know, she says, no, it's perfect. I said, just, just relax. She says, well, I'm just not used to the, to talking to a chef that's not yelling at me. You know, <laughs> I said, I, you know, you don't yell at us. I said, no, I'm trying to execute your idea. I mean, if the customer says, can I have this? Our job is to make that thing happen. You know, we do it together. So it's sort of funny. So I think the whole menu and kitchen with the service, all collaborative. Yeah. I mean, so like, what are a couple of the ideas that Ben and Sam have given you that, that made their way onto the menu? Well, where you want to start? Uh, ben likes to throw the idea at me, and then we're running it tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's one there, you know, but the, that New York sense of urgency comes out of me. I think well, the yeah. daily features are the the fun part of the menu, and they they really bring it bring it sort of back real. It's it's such well, a it's a, it's a they're all iconic dishes, I think, but. Robert's oh, the doing it his way. Was fun. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, and something like tonight we're doing the sort of Gulf Coast uh, fish fry, which we, I've done over the years, and we kind of kicked it around. So it's going to be kind of fun. It's kind of a Monday night dish. It's going to be cool. Hey, I want to do it, and everyone sort of says, "Hey, what about this? What about that?" I think the prime rib on uh, on Wednesdays was. Uh, just because, you know, I love prime rib. And well, I do, I do too. You know, yeah. I did. I had my 40th birthday party yeah. at Cafe Annie just to eat the prime rib. So, yes, I'm glad that that found – that that still has a home because I'm, I'm coming back for that. Yeah. And, and then, the ribs, the ribs yeah. are a sleeper. Then ben says, awesome. hey, what about barbecued ribs? I said, yeah, we certainly – to be in Texas, you got to do that. So we're doing tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, let me jump on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's about presentation service. Then you get the feedback. How's it, how's it working? You know, it's just – I think it uh, – you know, to be a team, you have to be collaborative. You know, everyone has to listen to each other. Um, otherwise, you're you become a, a tyrant in your own kitchen, and nobody really likes tyrants that much. Well, I like it that I can never get. It's very hard to get chefs and cooks to go out into the dining room. Yeah, and he's got no problem. He has no choice. He has no choice <laughs> because the dining room kind of parts of it are in the kitchen. He's visible. Yeah, very visible. <laughs> he can't hide. No. Yeah. But, but, but the brilliance of Robert too is that he's got this. He doesn't. His ego does not drive a dish. It's he's got this sort of quiet confidence that, you know, is is rare in a chef. And that you know, with with the capability of and control of flavor is is it's awesome to work with. It's, it's been it's been great. Yeah, it's. I like the, you know if you can run a, a relaxed environment and still do great work versus yelling, screaming, in a tough environment anyway. It's just more enjoyable, you know. Yeah, but it's also a little trick to keep the whole kitchen open to the public, so. Well, yeah, and I, yeah. Don't, think, I don't think that, like, you know, Marco Pierre White, like, throwing pots and pans, screaming at people, Gordon Ramsay thing, I don't think that really works in 2019. I mean, that sounds like the a fast way to... Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Have no staff. HR. Yeah, yeah. HR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. But, but if you, you know, if you thought about if you... You were in university and went to a lecture, and the professor yelled at you for an hour and then left. You think, how are we supposed to learn anything? You know, so sometimes those TV shows, like, of course they're not doing it right. You're just yelling at them. <laughs> Calm down and show them. Yeah. So, Sam, what's it been like for you kind of dividing your time? Or I guess you're – we're mostly, I suspect, at dinner you're at the ante. But but how are you – For now. How are you making it work? For now, it's been, it's been about 70-30, ante in favor. But uh, – it's great. You know, it's actually really great to have two restaurants on opposite sides of town. They've, they've both got great spaces. They're beautiful. They've got great food, great patio, great bar in both places. And it's like my clientele can be there or at the Annie. And it's like wherever you're, wherever you're at that night or 
if you're close to home and one or the other, it's it's it's, it's working out. It's more or less perfect. a straight shot down San Felipe. I mean, it's not that hard to get from one or the it's, other. It's a nine minute drive at best when I when I when I when I can <laughs> yeah three in the morning at the right, maybe. At the not, right time not at six yeah, exactly forty five minutes. I choose at six my moments. O'clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I know you guys you put a bar in downstairs, right? We will be. It's under construction. Okay. What uh, what are you calling it? Turner's. That's your middle name. That's my middle name. You do you want to tell me about Turner's or, or is it is it a big? No, secret? it's not, it's not a big. Secret. It's going to have a different menu. Uh, it's going to have food, full food. Okay. Um. Probably definitely just start off with dinner only. Um, it's going to have a bar, obviously, but. By moving the stairs and everything, we really created, like, a room and a space, uh, bathrooms downstairs, too. It's it's completely separate. The entrance is going to be on Ambassador Way. Um, so if you're in Annie, you can't you, – actually, unless you're in the kitchen, you can't get into Turner's. And if you're in Turner's, unless you walk through the kitchen, you can't get into Annie. Um, so they're really separated out. Completely different look. Turner's more – Clubby, dark, masculine, um, have music, a little more like polo barish, real grand piano. Yeah, oh baby grand. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> not constant. We only have grand. so much space. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, well, it's not so enough space I've been selling it grand in every way. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a baby grand, but it's a beautiful baby grand. It's not a black one. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know, mahogany or something. And uh, it's actually amazing. I got this piano. It's gorgeous. You're building the re- you built the restaurant just because you needed a place to put the piano. No, that's, I, a, that's what I'm hearing. No, I, I, well, don't tell the IRS this, but <laughs> I got a long trade. These guys, these these people I met at Lemon on Montrose, they were moving and they showed me pictures of the piano and it was gorgeous. And I said, "Oh, I'm thinking about putting a piano in this place I'm doing." And like next thing, and, and I think I drank a little bit that night, and I don't really recall the conversation. And they're texting me and saying, "Hey, so we're ready to move. We're going to have it all packaged up for you. Where would you like it?" I'm like, who is this? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? And next thing you know, I have this gorgeous piano. And I had the idea to do it, but it was like, this was four months ago, or three months ago. But but this is the restaurant where some of the ideas that, that had been sort of tasked for Benjamin are going to have a home. No, still not. I mean, Benjamin was its own special place that is not happening. And... Sorry, I thought I read somewhere that there was going to be Lobster Thermidor. I was really excited oh, yeah, about yeah, Lobster yeah, Thermidor. Oh, yeah, yeah, Possible. Did I say I was going to do that at Benjamin's? You did. I just want to do it somewhere, but I, you know, I got to have somebody who wants to do it. I can you do know? it pretty nicely, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that menu is definitely not done. <laughs> but, yeah, Lobster Thermidor. But cool, more old school, with a little continental flair, but American. and Baked Alaska. A little pricey, <laughs> but it's small, right? So it's only going to be like 40 to 50 seats. And that's usually me being very optimistic. I think I always think I can get more people in than I really can. Well, there's there's like New York, like personal space requirements. And then there's Houston. And then there's Houston where yeah. we all, you know, I don't want to be touching shoulders with Well, somebody. I mean, right now, Andy is very Houston. Yeah, it's like Andy's really crazy out. not to putting more tables in. <laughs> but we're leaving it that way for the for the opening. Yeah. Well, eventually, like, eventually yeah. it'll catch on and you'll you'll have so much demand that you'll need to put more tables in it. Yeah, and then they'll tell me to take out the tables, and then I'll take them out. And it's this constant <laughs> battle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you're opening, uh, you're opening something next to BB Lemon Montrose in the old Victor space. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, called Lincoln Lee, and it's a uh, it's a bar. Um, 
I actually have a piano in there, but more straightforward, just fun bar. Yeah, you can't do – there's not really no, there food is, there. there's no food. I mean, you could do some, you, like, nice warm nuts or, you know, have a toast or do something. But, honestly, if you want a burger, we'll just send one over. Um, there's no kitchen there. Right. And we have no plans on putting one in. But it's a beautiful space. I mean, I've always liked it that space from when out, it was Zim's and everything. Yeah, it's built out great. I was actually there on Saturday kind of walking through how we're going to finish it out. But, I mean, it's in amazing shape. So – it shouldn't be long. I'm just exhausted right now. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you are you like committed to taking a break after this? Or you, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, because you've had a really busy. It's been four and a half years since yeah. B and B opened. Well, but even since BB Lemon opened last year, to have done that and to have done BB Italia and to have done a second BB Lemon, yeah, and now this. Man, I mean, I good lord! So. In the span of like, you know, eighteen months or whatever. No, that's in like. Six, six, seven months. Yeah. Because BB Italia opened, uh, oh, anyway, I guess November. Yeah. But the, 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 the one that killed me is BB Italia, BB Lemon Montrose, and Annie. Right. Because that's May, and then we just opened in September, October. That was fast. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, Sam, what about you? What are you kind of looking forward to from Annie Cafe as it evolves, or what are your expectations? You know, I think uh, – I I just want to take Cafe Annie or the Annie to 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 you know its next its next generation so to speak and and I think that you know the way the menu's written the way the space feels it's it's going to bring in a new clientele that that we're we're welcoming and that we're looking forward to hosting because it it needs that to sort of persist and go on and and be successful and in the city you know we need to introduce the Annie to, to a, a group of people in the city that didn't necessarily get to experience it the way I did and the way so many others did. And uh, it'll be different for sure, but it will still be the Annie and it right. have I mean, that soul. I, right. I mean, I think that's right. You know, I'm, I'm in my early 40s. I think of Cafe Annie as the place my parents went on date night or for special occasions. And I you know, being in the media, I've gotten to know Robert a little bit and I've been in a few times, but, you know, reintroducing yourself to this younger generation of diners and, and making it seem like a viable alternative to, oh, you know, the places on the other side of 610 that are packing them in, right? I think that's the, I think that's the challenge. And I, I not that I, you know, I think that's the exciting part is, is how do you connect it with that, that new generation? Yeah. And it's also, I mean, I think the big one is, Separating it out, you know, the challenges are, yes, to a point, I mean, I think since I live out west, you know, Houston people sometimes get a little nuts about, ooh, that's like driving to San Antonio. I mean, to get from Montrose to to here can take longer than does for me to from B&B to get to BB Italia. Right. Um, so it is what it is. But, you know, listen, we're not in the we're not in the Galleria. Because, you know, I, I, I kind of explain sometimes to people in New York, they're like, hey, you, we're gonna we're in town, we're going to go to the gallery. Like, well, you know, gallery is for like us, like going to 42nd Street. We're probably not going to go do it, go to Times Square. But it's really easy. Post Oak is actually, since this construction done, mm-hmm. from San Felipe, it's nothing. Right. It's a gorgeous street. It's got to be one of the best looking avenues or boulevards, whatever you call it now, in Houston. It's just being clean and and easy and accessible um and it's you know just 
kind of right over there. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's wider, and there's yeah. maybe that tram system, which is cool. And- but I also see a lot of what's going on right at just less than a mile away from us. Um, I mean, the amount of apartments and the amount of going up in Post Oak and that area, the city can start moving to there, too, because you can only go outside the city or you can go up. And Post Oak is making itself the first one where everything's going up and makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of what allured me to the project, too, is that there's this residential sort of influx that's happening Similar to, you know, the whole concept of Emmeline to have this sort of neighborhood feel. I think we really want that for the Annie, and I don't think it's ever been that. I think it's been this destination restaurant, and we really want it to feel like it's home to someone that lives around it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, because Post Oak was historically sort of a a business shopping street. Now it's a residential street. Yeah. So much more than before. Yeah, I I guess – Robert, I, I guess you know I'll, we'll wrap this up here, and I'll, I'll kind of give you the last word. I mean, you've you've seen so many changes over the years. I mean, what do you, where do you kind of see any cafe fitting in, and, and kind of what are your your aspirations? Like, what, what, when do you like? What do you what do you hope that this restaurant becomes? Well, I think you know the, what's going to happen with Post Oak is it's going to be the most identifiable and identifiable part of the city. When you're not in Houston, you say, oh, you're from Houston. Yeah, we're on Post Oak. Oh, yeah, I know all about that. So we want to be sort of that center of, of food and beverage on Post Oak in that, that part of town, which sort of makes sense. Um, and still, you know, sort of as we did from the beginning, try to represent Houston as this is a cool city with some cool stuff, you know. And as I think we talked before, you know, for years, Caviani was in Dallas. At least that's where people thought it was. Because <laughs> it wasn't possible it could be in Houston. I said, no, it's in Houston. And so I think that's and, – and the whole scene evolving with Houston, I think that's always wanted to be sort of part of that, you know, culture of Houston. Gentlemen, thank you. Pleasure. No, thank thank you. you. Ben, give us the website for Annie Cafe and all the social media. And I'm not the social media guy. Okay. The Annie Cafe and Bar is Houston. Dot com. Boom. And Got the it. Annie Houston on Instagram, I think. Yes. Very good. Gentlemen, thanks Damn for it, being no here. no speed round. I practiced again. For <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, by way of explanation to both you and the audience, you've all, you've all done the lightning round before, and I didn't think up five, like, completely new questions for all of three of you, so... Sorry, no lightning round. Well, this next show. time, because you get me so nervous over that, that I actually, like, take notes on it. Yeah. All right. Oh, well... So, did you come up with a new fast food guilty pleasure? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> or a favorite Houston sports figure? I mean, I got to tell you, I, I think Altuve is the man. I just like that guy. Yeah, he's a likable dude. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you're, Deshaun Watson is really grown up quickly, I think. Yeah, I stunning. I mean, I never would have guessed they would upset the Chiefs, but what yeah. a great. On yes. the road, that was awesome. amazing. And he yeah. played great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, right. Cole, Good day in Houston Cole can yesterday. just, like, break a finger tonight or something on his way to New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, thanks for being here. And you can follow me on Twitter at eSandler, on Instagram at Eric Sandler. Keep it locked on culturemap.com for all the latest Houston bar and restaurant news. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week.